All right, here we fucking go. Welcome to another episode of Shut Up Chanel the Podcast. If you're still listening, you've made your way to episode eight with Kylie Sonique Love. I'm so excited to share this episode with you, but I thought I would get on here before and let you know something I've been dealing with. Um, if you heard the new Marco Marco episode, then you heard that I got a new microphone and that I hand crystalled it along with new headphones and I was so excited about the new sound for you. And then I realized that I used my old microphone for Kylie's episode. I'm not proud of it. I've honestly had some sleepless nights over it. I've reached out to my friends like Sam Garfield who did my theme song um, as well as my editor and like hopes that we could fix the sound but there's really no saving it. I hate the sound of my voice this episode um, but the episode is so good and Kylie and I have such a great conversation that I thought it would be stupid to not release it to you all. So I figured I'd come on here and apologize and own up to it and still release the episode. It, you could listen to it. It's not as bad as I'm making it out to seem, but I wanted to be vulnerable and still release the episode and just tell you it's not my proudest moment. Um, but I promise if you make it to episode nine, then I'm back on this microphone and where I got a new backdrop I'm excited to show you about. Um, and so I wanted to apologize one to Kylie for getting in so early with me on this journey that I still haven't figured everything out. But um, hey, enjoy the episode. Let me know what you think. Like, subscribe, and stay tuned for this episode with Kylie Sony Glove. I can't. Okay. Okay. Uh, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> Fix your hair. It's gonna be on the internet. I'm just gonna use the video for like promo and stuff. But you look sickening. Oh, really? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. So, welcome to the pod. Welcome to the stage. My sister, she is a singer, a dancer, a model, a reality TV personality. I think a pioneer. I think you're Miley Cyrus's all American woman, right? You're the winner of All Star Six. <laughs> Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? Thank you. That was a marvelous introduction. <laughs> I love it. Honestly, with starting this pod, you were one of the first people I thought of because how I'm kind of structuring this is like I'm kind of taking the listener through a journey of like my journey in the LGBTQIA plus community and kind of like going through the timeline of my life and you're at like the very beginning of it so i kind of just wanted to start off with like how did we meet um actually we met on the reunion season two of rupaul's drag race mm -hmm. and i um, i believe you joined world of wonder like at the the very that was your first time right with the, the reunion so we had already filmed 
the season. Um, and then I think maybe eight months or so later, I, it's, I can't, I, it was like eight or nine months later than we filmed the reunion, I believe. And uh, that's when I met you and you had no titties and you had, you were just so cute and you were like, just, just kind of like, um, Hey, they need you. And now you're just like this, like blossomed personality. It's just, I mean, I think we've all like blossomed, uh, to a better version of like who we really, uh, can be and uh, who we want to be. So yeah. Totally. Um, yeah, I was going to say like, we really did kind of like evolve as women together you know like we both and our pre-puberty stage when we met each other and like we really did like we i i mean we might have even got titties around the same time i think so we transitioned <laughs> together <laughs> yeah, we did no and I, I mean i was gonna bring up i i want to go back to that day because i mean like you said that was my first time on that was actually so how it went down was they hired me for drag you as the talent um coordinate like the talent pa pretty much and that week that weekend my first week on set oh that's right and you know what i actually came um to the set of drag you it was the last day that you guys were filming so i might have ran into you then and but i didn't realize until we were filming the reunion but i did show up on set i met that was the first time i met lady bunny i also met shaka khan um yep shaka khan so crazy I the drought you early days were kind of crazy with like the celebrity guest judges they had because it was like such like such gay icons so like i was learning about drag while meeting these like lgbt icons at the same time so like it was the ultimate like like crash course on like gay history um back to that day so yeah so like i started on drag you that weekend they were like well we're doing the season two reunion since you're kind of getting comfortable with the queens will you just come and take care of them that day too and i was like fuck yeah so like because i was getting to meet you know it was drag you so i was meeting the season one queen so i was like so excited to meet the season two queens and that day i remember sitting at the lunch table and i remember like you all were filming filming and i remember it being this they're like oh my gosh like sonique's about to reveal something and i was like what's she gonna reveal like i had no idea and then they were like she's um she's coming out as trained i didn't know one trans person and i don't even think at that time i knew what being trans was Right. So, so technically, yeah, like you're the first trans person I've ever met. <laughs> oh wow, that that's that's incredible. Um, well, I <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Um, what was that taking back to that I, day? I, yeah, like what was that day like? Because had you come out as what? Like, take me back to what you were feeling that day. Like, had you you know come out to anyone else's trans, and this was your first time telling RuPaul or what was going on that day? Yeah, I, well, I, so this is the thing, like people that were really close to me knew what I was going through. And actually when we were filming, uh, 
the season. I had, you know, talked to a couple of the girls when we had like off day or when we'd come back to our room. I mentioned it to them. So a lot of the girls already knew. And uh, I know that, I mean, I think everyone on set pretty much knew, like anybody that uh, like did the interviews or, or reviewed any of those, because uh, I did mention it. Um, but I think they do like a follow-up before we come back to film the reunion to find out like what's been going on the past eight or nine months. And they were like, okay, so what's new with you? Cause I think that that's how they figure out like what kind of questions they're going to ask. So I, I mentioned that like most every single time, but I also was like, yeah, I'm in a rock band because I had just gone into like this rock and roll band, which was really cool. I was the lead singer of it. And, um, but they didn't really, they didn't ask about that. So I, I, had an idea that they that they may ask me about it i was kind of curious what they would do a little bit of it caught me off guard because i wasn't used to them asking me those questions you know mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. let me talk and so um when they did i was just like oh wow like this is real, like this is this is the moment, you know? And I had talked to my mom before I came and did the reunion to let her know, you know, what I what I was doing. And um, yeah, and, the, and I talked about it and um, the amount of support that I got from Rue and the cast and, and just everybody on set was, it just made me feel really good. And, and any doubt that I had about maybe it working against me kind of, kind of threw it out the window a lot for me. And I, and I did feel like when Ruth said, you know, you have, like, we are your family and we're always here for you. She said something along those mm -hmm. words. And, and it did make me feel less alone because I didn't really know anybody who was coming out as trans and like, uh, I've always seen people, they either are or they're not, you know? And, uh, that's what I was gonna say. It's really, that's what I was gonna yeah, say. I, uh, it's 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 that that's like you know you you probably working in the clubs like you would only see women that were already trans. Yeah, like you didn't have friends were already, that were in the the like area that you were in of your life. Um, not not fully, uh, not not really, not quite so much. I knew people that were kind of. There were a few girls in Atlanta that we were kind of all starting it uh, around the same time, I will say, but we didn't really, we, we already knew people that were already, you know, had their surgeries or whatever. We didn't really have resources. So mm -hmm. uh, we were just kind of like flying by the seats of our pants, you know, getting, uh, hormones from overseas, from like websites, have no idea what we're putting in body. Mm -hmm. um, because what they did in Georgia was like they wanted you to basically cross dress for two years to prove that like that you are a woman. Which I thought anybody in their right mind would not do that. Like, why would I try to purposely humiliate myself dressing up like a woman during the to prove that I'm not like crazy, you know, mm -hmm. like to me, that sounds more crazy. I was like, so 
I, I figured I figured everything out, and I, I, I had a, a strategy, a game plan, and I knew this doctor. His name was Dr. Hudson. He was uh, cockeyed or cross-eyed or something <laughs> like that. I never knew which eye to look in. It now, was so crazy. I know. <laughs> and I, I basically said, listen, I'm, I'm doing, uh, I'm getting my estrogen from offline and I'm going to do it and I'm going to get it off the street. And I would much rather you, uh, monitor me mm -hmm. than me get it, you know, some back alleyway. Mm -hmm. And he, he agreed to it. So I didn't have to go through the two years of humiliating myself and all of that. I've um, never heard that in my life. Wait, so like in Georgia, yeah. you would, and how would you prove that? Like, you, did they wanted you well, to like take pictures? Therapy. They would want you to do therapy with somebody who was, you know, a, a therapist or whatever. And they would, you know, document everything. And like, you would come in like once a month or some something crazy like that. And I was just like, I was at the point of like, I can't wait two more fucking years mm -hmm. to start living my life. And I damn sure I ain't going to wait two years to start putting estrogen in me. Because I did it like a few times. Like when I was 22, I I tried to start. But then I was like, I ran out of medicine. And I was like, okay, well, this is not going to work. Mm -hmm. And um, then, I, then I started up again at like 24, 25. And then Drag Race came along. And they were not uh, casting trans people, which is fine. You know, um, and I was like, well, I just kind of started this so I can like kind of back off of this to do the show. And then um, I didn't do season one. So they told me because I was casted for it as an alternate just in case. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I did season two. So I got, came off my hormones to do season two because I wanted to play by the rules. And yeah, so, you know, as soon as I got back from competing on the, on season two, I started back on my medication and, then, you know, and they let me talk about it. And it was really scary because I didn't really know anybody else who was like coming out talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I did feel alone in a lot of ways. And uh, but after I did come out, I, I felt less alone and I started learning more about it through my experience. Um, mm -hmm. but I took, I took my time. I didn't rush into it. I didn't go out and get a whole bunch of silicone pumped all through my body. And who was, who was the first, um, tra who was the first trans person that you were inspired or that you met that the, the first existence uh, of a trans person that you saw? Oh my goodness. Um, so there is, I mean, there were, there were definitely several people that I, um, met. I think one of the first drag queens I ever met in person, she was a trans woman, like mm -hmm. she had titties and everything. And she was like fully painted, like the long lashes and great hair, great body. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I seen her, I was just like, Oh, like, this is incredible. Um, but it wasn't until I, met trans people who were living out you know just doing shit during the day whether grocery shopping or whatever 
Mm -hmm. And like no one ever blocked them or spooked the tea. And it was just like, there was nothing about them that was like, oh, that's, you know, a tranny or Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and the more I started seeing those kind of people, because that, that's how I felt. I felt like I just want to live my life like that. I feel like if I'm able to accomplish to get to that point, I think I will be satisfied because I try to do all the other things. I try to do the straight thing, the gay thing, the, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't even, we didn't call it and it was just kind of like androgynous, you know, but it, that just, I was like, I'm either going to do this. Mm-hmm. And um, so I watched this documentary called Trantasia and it had like Erica Andrews, Mimi Ma, uh, Maria Roman. And Cassandra Cass had like all these like girls and they were competing for in this pageant called the most beautiful transsexual in the world. Mm-hmm. And so they they followed like seven girls around and they each like uh, went to like their homes or whatever. And uh, and it was great because I got to see these showgirls mm-hmm. also live like normal life like deer in the dam oh my god like i can still be a showgirl <laughs> mm-hmm. and like live a normal like life like go to the grocery store like hang with my family like those things are not i needed to see it to know that it can be done mm-hmm. and then i just needed to figure out like how i can do it with little to no resources and um so i just like paid attention and i was like I never wanted to like draw attention to myself so much while I was going through my transition. You know, nowadays kids, the moment they even think they are, they feel it, they want the whole world to know. And it's just kind of like in your face, like you will respect me and this and that, you know, it was kind of, for me, I was like, oh God, I, I know the world is scary because I've been living in it. I've been queer my whole life and, mm-hmm. and the whole world's been telling me how different I am. And you know that because you're getting picked on and whatever, just by naturally being yourself. And I was like, okay, I spent my whole, you know, childhood and, and young adulthood, you know, being a target. Mm -hmm. How can I make the rest of my life less complicated? Mm -hmm. So I was like, the world will let me know when they see a girl. So I just took my time and, and I didn't really fully start living my life like full time as a female until like I'd been on estrogen for probably a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And I went through the airport. I wasn't even like trying to like wear girls clothes. It was just very like jeans and t-shirt. My mm-hmm. hair was growing out and I wasn't like fully beaded or anything like beat mug or anything. And I remember going through the airport mm-hmm. and the scary place, to- the scary place for sure. Well, it really, it really wasn't as scary. I never felt comfortable going into a men's restroom or a boys restroom. I just run in and go and do my thing and I'd leave. I always felt like even as a kid, like I hated it. I would, I would, if I had to go in there, I would like, please don't let nobody be in here, mm-hmm. you know? And cause first of all, it just smelled like piss everywhere. It was so <laughs> bad. And, um, 
So, where am I? okay, so I'm going into the bathroom, and these I can see the, the look on the men's faces coming in and out, looking at me like, 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 am I in the wrong bathroom? Like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm a girl. Like, what is going on here? And then when I came out, I got the same reaction. And then I was like, oh, I think they think I'm a girl. I'm not even fucking trying to do mm -hmm. this, you know? And then, then I go through the little body scanner, fucking take an x-ray of you or what. Mm -hmm. And then um, they pick whether they think you're a male or a female based on your appearance. Mm -hmm. And then they scan you. And so they did. And, and they scan my body. And then I, I look and there's like this big red square right between my legs and my okay and the guy says i need to get a female agent over here to pat you down mm -hmm. i was like okay i was just like whatever mm -hmm. and she came over and she's like patting me down and all that mm -hmm. and she's like what's that you're she's like, like what is that mm -hmm. <laughs> and i was like that's my and she her mouth just dropped and i just had a big grin on her face as i walked away and i grabbed my stuff and i was like oh, like now I can go and live my life. And I immediately went to Tilly's as soon as I got back and bought me <laughs> like some little cute cargo shorts and like a little tank tops. And I just, you know, I was, I had like this tomboy vibe, you know, and mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to do too much. I wasn't mm -hmm. trying to like be the most femme, femme, high heel skirt, pink, you know, extension. I wasn't trying mm -hmm. to do all that. So let me just take my time and grow it through my transition. And I think mm -hmm. that really helped me like uh, not have to deal with a lot of the the chaotic stuff that a lot of people have to deal with now. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, because I know that when you're going through a transition, the people around you are also going through a transition, especially people that already knew or thought they knew who you were beforehand. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've always been like conscious of that. And and I just want to make this experience good for everybody. And I'm, and this one girl told me in Atlanta that she was trans and she said, you know, if you do it right, it'll be a beautiful experience for you. And I never forgot her saying that. And I'm so glad that she did because so many other girls, they would say, oh, you want to get on it. It's going to drive you crazy and you're going to go crazy and this and that. Mm -hmm. But she was the first one and the only one that ever told me, if you do it right, it will be a beautiful experience for you. And I was like, I like that. And that's how I want it to be for me. Because my whole life before then had been chaotic. Crazy. Mm -hmm. and she was right. And she was right. And I manifested you know, that, and it hasn't been easy, but it has been beautiful for me. And I've been able to like, you know, I can look back and see, you know, like I paced myself through this and I didn't rush through it. And mm -hmm. sometimes I didn't even think I was gonna reach points that I really felt like was necessary. And like, even like last year, almost, tomorrow will be a year that I had like my like surgeries that I've been wanting for the longest time. Mm -hmm. um, and so last year I really felt like I did the surgeries that kind of completed my transition for the most part. And, but like people wouldn't know that they thought that I was already 
done because like I think 2012 is when I had my breast done and you know people just assume oh then she's finished but there was so much more you know I you know once I knew that people saw me as a girl and I started changing my wardrobe slowly I went and I immediately did all the necessary steps to get my name changed and my gender marker changed Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, and I did a lot of that alone. Like, really, I had to go to the courthouse by myself, and I was so nervous. Like, <laughs> having to go and present, like, I wanted to change my name from this name to that name. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, what's, what if they look at me and they said, no, you know, like, do you, uh, do, you, do you feel like you, yeah, do you feel like there's some, like, like you have bad days, just like good ones? Like, do you still have days of like self doubt? Or like, what's been the hardest oh, part God, of this? I, I, what's been the hardest part of this journey for you? Well, well, I think what it is is I. I think we all do. I don't. I don't think it's a, even just a trans thing. I think it's just being a human in general. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have because I remember even feeling that before I transitioned. You know, like having self doubt, and but I think it's that little bit of self doubt that it can either motivate you or it can do the opposite. And I think it motivated me. Of course it gets you down and you feel sorry for yourself for a little bit, but you're like, okay, I can either sit here and cry about this or I can try to find solutions to make this better. And what I've learned too is there's not, nobody else's money in this world is going to fix you. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've had men try to like take me away from everything and want to pay for everything but I had to leave the drag behind and all that I was just like I don't want somebody else to have control over me and it was just I was determined to make sure that like no matter what happened that I was in control of my life and um and I think that that motivated me even on the days where I didn't have money or food or I didn't know if I was going to be able to afford to live in my place anymore. Like just knowing that like, I have no choice. It's sink or swim. Um, It motivated me. And the days where I didn't maybe feel as feminine, you know, I just probably some of those days I would just sit at home and, and be depressed. I think a lot of us get like that. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's just a trans thing. No, it's not. And it does get better. Sometimes you just have to kind of experience that depression a little bit and Mm -hmm. and eventually just kind of figure out what it is that's causing it and try to figure out how to change it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, is there anything that I'm in control of that I can do to make my situation better? Is there people that are in my life that are... I say this, if you're not, if you're not helping me in the sense that like, then you're in my way. Mm -hmm. And if like, if we're not evolving, if we're not evolving, if we're not growing, then you're just holding me back kind of thing. And people who don't encourage you to uh, reach your goals and people who doubt what you're doing and and you can't, you can't have those kind of people in your life. And I, I noticed I started... A lot of people were like, 
weeding themselves out of my life and I was weeding these people out of my life and these were my friends that I've known knew forever and I just would have never even we would not be friends anymore whatever and I just started realizing so much we we hold on to so much toxic energy because we've had these long relationships with people and it's like you know you can't at the end of the day you cannot think about like the time that you've invested with these people you need to think about like where they have grown to and where you are and if it complements your journey or not because not everybody is supposed to continue with mm -hmm. you on your journey you know some people are are going to be you know not there anymore and that's okay and i had to i had to learn how to let go those people and i'm okay with it now and i, and I wish them the best you know and mm -hmm. but like i've learned to be okay with it and you can't bring everybody with you i feel like i just saw that michelle obama and oprah netflix special and they talk about like sometimes there's just not room at the table for everyone you know what i mean like it, it's yeah. like it's like who's gonna be at your table like who's building you up who's you know who's evolving with you and some you know some people just don't make it make it to the table you know what i mean <laughs> no especially if you didn't bring nothing to it <clears throat> well and, and especially as you level up especially as you level up like i think my therapist talks about that sometimes it's like as you level up like sometimes those people are still at that level at that frequency that you were at and now you're at a different frequency and so like the universe isn't allowing them to be in your life anymore because you've like leveled up. You know what I mean? And so many times we try our hardest to like make it work and try mm -hmm. to figure it out and that it never does. You're, you're like stressing yourself out when trying to force something that you said, like you're on a different frequency and you're like, why isn't this one like being able to like, mm -hmm. you know, be here with me? And it's just like, not everybody can be on the same frequency as you forever, you know? When uh, I uh, started my transition and, and I let my physical transition and I started physically seeing myself uh, and the body I felt the most comfortable in was when, uh, when I was more open to that and I started being comfortable enough i think once i was comfortable with who i am mm -hmm. then i've been was more comfortable with with uh not putting any boundaries on than like my attraction and stuff like that you know i think that's what it is um, so i i think it's you that's when it ha i think that's like and i think that's why like it's easy to find yourself in like once you're in the community because you feel safe and you feel like you could be yourself finally. And like, mm -hmm. it, it, it was easier. It's easier to like pick, pick one lane when that's all you've known kind of thing. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So what's dating yeah, like no, for you? I, I feel like not enough people uh, talk about how hard it is for trans women to date in today's world. It's not hard for it's not hard for trans women today. It's not. I, I think I think in general, it's like you have people that have a hard time dating and you have people <laughs> that don't. I know plenty of trans people that never have an issue with dating. It's just a lot of people don't know how to date. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it comes down to. A lot of times people want to date people that are available to date. 
They may look like what you want to be next to, and you're trying your damnedest to make it work, and then it doesn't. Um, but if you got to just meet somebody who's on the same, you know, mm -hmm. path that you're on. For me, I used to try to make things work, you know, um, and that's not always good because you like overlook these toxic things and you're like, okay, but like we can work on it, mm -hmm. but you shouldn't go into a relationship thinking we can work on it. Like if, if you go into that and you try to work on it and you see that it's not working, but you still stick around, chances are it's just not gonna like mm -hmm. work out. I've never, I've never had, I've never had trouble being in a relationship or dating someone or finding someone to date me through my entire transition. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, I mean, I've dated a lot for sure. <laughs> but no i think you're right i, I think that, i think you're totally right in that because like i do the same thing like it's like you sometimes you have like you almost fantasize like it, it, you could fantasize about dating someone but like it's not the reality of life you know like like it's like you're going after no. the wrong guy like you're going like it's like i like to go after bad boys because i think that's what i like but it's not actually what i like like, it's almost like I like emotionally cutting myself or something. <laughs> mm -hmm. If you go after a type, a superficial type, mm -hmm. like, oh, they got to have money. They got to they gotta have this car. They got to be this tall. They got to be this color. They got to have these color eyes. If you start doing all of that, chances are you're going to be really unhappy mm -hmm. because it's just not, I mean, that's what I've learned for me. Mm -hmm. uh, you you can't just go after your type because you're gonna there's gonna be parts of that that are like not healthy for you um so i as i've got more experience with dating i've become less superficial in in ways and and thinking you know because like i used to say oh i only want to date like latin guys you know like <laughs> once upon a time I was like, okay, well, you know, or I don't know, somebody that wasn't one, basically. Yeah. Um, and this doesn't always, you know, you just got to be open and, and you'll know when you meet somebody. And I know there's been people that probably were a great match for me, but because they didn't meet the criteria, of like mm -hmm. the height or the color or the this, mm -hmm. I just completely passed on them. Um, but you know, you live and you learn and I have been dating somebody for a year and a half now. Oh I my don't God. put my relation. Yeah. I don't put my relationships, um, publicly. I don't do that since I think 2013 or 14. I stopped doing that. It's not healthy, especially when you are, uh, a public persona. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's super unhealthy and anybody who you date that wants you to promote mm -hmm. them, so to speak, it that's to me is a red flag. Mm -hmm. um, I think the things that you truly care about, and when it, especially when it comes to your home, I think you should keep private. You know, there, there are a lot of things that you, that you need to keep private and, and we live in a crazy world where 
we can have access to anything and everything all the time. Mm-hmm. And people don't even have to, they don't even have to like care about your, they, they could be a fan and they could see you being happy with somebody. And just because they see you being happy with them, mm-hmm. they, they will do whatever they can to try to distract what the person that you're with mm-hmm. just to say, Oh, he was in my DM. Oh, he mm-hmm. gave me his number or, but you also were a fucking nasty ass bitch going and, and sending messages too, you know, mm-hmm. and, and all of that. So a lot of times people, th- it's a game for them. Mm-hmm. They can't find their own happiness. So they see somebody else happy and they want to, they want a piece of that. So I was like, you know what? It's not important to me to brag about like who I'm in love with and mm-hmm. and all of that. Like people, people that are close to me in my inner circle, mm-hmm. um, they, they, they met, you know, my lover, mm-hmm. that, but as far as like, uh, publicly dating somebody, it's just not. No, that's so smart. And that sounds like a, it sounds like someone like you've been like dealt with shady, shady people in the past. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And thank um, you. And thank you for correcting me. Thank you for correcting me earlier. I want to be corrected. (laughs) When I said it was hard, when I, when I said it was hard to date, I'm glad that you corrected me because I feel like that was totally easy. Yeah, it, I just think it's not easy dating in general, and I should have never put a label on it to say that it had to do with trans women. <laughs> well, well because, because some because some people say that, and that's like a this thing. It's like a a thing that people say, and it's like, oh, it's hard if you're trans to date people. No, it's just yeah, we're we're like a small percentage of you know people, so mm-hmm. it, you know, and I. I, I almost I almost said it in like I almost pool. said it in like a protect in a protective way because I know that men are awful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, I, and I, I I've I seen people we, like oh. Trace Lissette and stuff post what it's like online dating with guys, and it just like it makes me so angry. You know what I mean? And so that's all I was getting at. But I'm glad you corrected me because yeah, that's a narrative that I shouldn't be that I shouldn't be pushing. Well, no, well, it's just not easy dating and like for mm-hmm. anybody, especially with social media and a million bazillion fucking dating apps and all of that. It's like really, you know, I, I love it. Old school love. I, you know, I, I like that, but like, it's not where we live today. We live in a society where people have access in multiple ways. They mm-hmm. will figure it out. Everyone is detective. They will, they will figure it out they will find it out they will dig 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 like a dog Mm -hmm. to to get the bone you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and it's like well honey already ate the meat you just want the bone and the bone is all (laughs) yours oh my god i was listening to very delta which was amazing by the way um i'm obsessed with very delta um and you were talking about dream girls i totally forgot that you were a part of the og dream girls that dream this was the first drag show that I saw post be like working on on Drag Race, and I became like so addicted. Like there, what night of the week was it? It was like on Wednesdays, Tuesdays, 
Tuesdays at Rage. Tuesdays at Rage. And I I went every Tuesday until I started hosting at Avita. And then I remember I had to stop going to Dream Girls because it was the same night of the week and I like couldn't do both. But I forgot that you were a part of the Dream Girls. And did you did you join the Dream Girls after Drag Race or were you always a part of it? So um after I film the reunion, which I, I want to say, I, I know it was the same weekend. It was a weekend after white party. I do yes. remember that. And, and because me and Gigi, actually were rolling on my, and I believe it was, you know, it stays in your system for at least like two or three days. <laughs> so I know when we were filming the, the reunion, honey, we still rolling. <laughs> and um i knew so anyway that's beside the point fun um, fact fun fact fun, fun fact you're just been um, on the pod so it, it's great and we talked all about her sobriety so <laughs> oh yeah no 100 um but after my lease was over with in atlanta which i i want to say it was like july june or july something like that the end of one of those months I moved to California and I stayed with Morgan and Riverside. And um, I think I did like a couple of shows with the dream girls and uh, probably within a month or less than a month, Chad asked me to be part of the dream girls. And I was gagged because I knew like the show, the cast that you wanted to be in if you were doing drag in Southern California. And I'm just so grateful for Chad for seeing something in me to add me to the cast. And it really, it really helped me evolve a lot in my drag and, and helped me be a lot more professional. I mean, it was harder in the beginning because in Southern California to do drag, like there's a lot of driving you have to do because we would, we would do mm-hmm. gigs in Riverside and San Diego and Long Beach and uh west hollywood like all over the place and it wasn't easy uh in palm springs so uh, it helped me a lot it was not easy and uh yeah i was um part of the dream girls for many many years and i was the first girl from rupaul's drag race to ever move to southern california after being on the show, and I think shortly after it was Pandora and Yada Sophia. But, See, you're a pioneer yeah. in so many ways. <laughs> I, I have been. I mean, I, I don't like to toot my own horn, but bitch, if it works, toot it. <laughs> you know? I feel like I remember that night, didn't they? I think they like announced it on the stage that night and like brought you out flowers, and it was like this whole moment. I probably. I. I, I think so. I, I believe, I believe so. It's so hard. And for the listeners, like, I, I just like, there was, there was that, um, there was that in sync, like, what was the, the dream girls intro number? And you would have to like, know the, like the two step dance in the beginning and it would like open the show. It was, it was dream girls theme song from the movie with the, the Beyonce dream girls. And we the dream girls. Yeah, dream girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. And there's like was different fun. themes. There would be like different themes each week. And like they had themes. 
yeah, there was a lot of theme shows and that was that was the part where I had to like like really try to like uh evolve my drag because I was just so used to like going off cuff and like whatever I was spilling that night, that's what I was gonna do. And then they did, like, you know, horror nights and I was like, fuck, I don't really like to dress up scary and shit like that. Like I don't really have a lot of that. And then they're like Disney night. Fuck, I don't have I don't do Disney shit. Like I never went to Disney as a kid. Um never did any of that. Um so I wasn't like crazy obsessed with like those things. And mm -hmm. um, for me, I just love doing drag to be a girl. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted to do. And that, yeah, I mean, and honestly, like once I transitioned and but I, I felt a little weird doing drag shows, but I'm like, well, this is all I knew how to do. Um, so I just need to make sure that I'm a good performer when I'm on stage. And I think too, once I got more comfortable with who I am out of drag, I've been able to have a lot more fun in drag as well. Cause it was like a point where like, when I started my transition where I, I was like, Oh, I don't want to do too much. Cause I want to look like a wood carving or a man and a, and a wig or a dress, you know, I was trying to be as like less crazy makeup as possible. And I just wanted to give like, you know, demure fish. Um, but now that I, when I can take all of it off and have no makeup and I, and I still see, you know, a girl, I'm like, okay, we can have fun. We'll do big makeup. We can do lashes, big hair mm -hmm. have fun with drag again. So I've been able to have more fun with drag again honestly i was gonna ask that because i feel like is the, i feel like there's like a certain part in like your career where like yeah it, do the two like do you do you have to work at separating the two of them like this is kylie this is kylie this is my drag persona and like what is that struggle like because i i think people assume like like because they used to see on drag race back in the day like it'd be like oh well like being trans on the show is like cheating and it's like no, 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 no. I mean, the girls, the girls today don't even wear pads or titties. Sometimes not even a wig. And <laughs> no. I'm just like, and sometimes they're painted more up in the confessionals than they are, are in the workroom than they are on stage. So it's just like, what is it even anyway? Before it was like, you had to be to toe, the most feminine mystique, you know, your proportions needed to be right. Your, mm -hmm. your, you know, you needed to give that. And now there's really no rules other than if the judges like what they see today or not. You could, you know, I've seen girls who were what I thought was polished from head to toe, be read for filth, and people who I thought probably wouldn't even get a paid booking be praised, you know, and it's just changed so much. But I will say, I don't think that trans women have a leg up on a drag competition no more than a queen who just happens to just be a fishy queen naturally, mm -hmm. you know? Look look at Pheromone. She's an absolute stunning queen, mm -hmm. you know? I don't know how she lives her life today, but I know then she was fucking gorgeous and, and even like somebody like Valentina like these are like beautiful, beautiful queens that look better than a lot of trans women that I've seen or just mm. cis women or natural yeah. born women or 
that I've seen. So it doesn't really matter. Like you're either fucking sickening at what you do or you're not. Like mm-hmm. it don't matter whether you have silicone popped all in your body. There's plenty of boy queens who've been on the show with silicone hips and silicone face and stuff mm-hmm. to make them look more feminine. Hey, look, if I can if I can go buy it for me, you can go buy it for you. It's just a personal choice. Now, mm-hmm. there are queens who are plus size who utilize their their breasts to make themselves look like they have bigger breasts. Mm-hmm. And there are people who don't, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just all a matter. It's like your aesthetic. It's like what, what you want to do with it. So I don't think uh, a person who's transitioned has, uh, a, like I said, a leg up on the competition. You know, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. So. No, I completely agree. What's and been I, the, what was that? I was going to say some artists are painters and some are sculptors and some bitches do both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it, it's all a spectrum. Like we don't have to check one box ever. You know what I mean? Have you seen the new Barbie movie? I've seen it four times already. What did you think of the Barbie movie? I, Tell have, me. I absolutely love it. I, I love the message that it has in it. I think it's fun. I, I think it just reminds me of like, um, I just remember being a kid and, and playing with Barbies and kind of getting picked on and being told that I shouldn't and stuff like that. And then to actually like be who I am today. And like, sometimes people like even compare me to like Barbie mm-hmm. in my everyday life and to like actually go to see that movie with my mom and us to be able to like really enjoy that together. Mm-hmm. It's just like a kind of like a full circle moment, you know? I saw it with my mom and grandma. I I saw it with my mom and grandma. I think it's so cute. You saw it with your mom too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think I think I saw it with uh, Miley um, as well, like uh, like two weeks ago or something like that. And then the other day, I sent it with my mom. And then, like, I'm I live right down the street from the theater, so I'm just like, whatever. I'm going. I love it. No, I I'm not. That, I got the message that like we don't all have to be like one thing that we were like taught like when we were little like you have to be this one thing or the other and like we could be everything you know what I mean we could be the yeah. whole spectrum of womanhood like being a woman is not just one thing you know what I mean it's not one thing but but it, it's it's fun to be able to do all of it you know mm-hmm. I, I think I th- I think um I definitely mm, love the traditional like barbie with like you know this unrealistic body type and unrealistic kind of lifestyle that a lot of girls it inspired a lot of girls to be independent women and to take control over their own bodies and stuff like that and then some people look at it like in a way that it just kind of like tries to make the make women fit into like this this box or whatever but it's maybe you create the box that your mm-hmm. Barbie comes in. Like we can, we create our own Barbie, you know, and we can take pieces from this one and that one or whatever, and you create your own. And um, yeah, so. Oh, you just gave me the I chills. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, and that's why I, I love Barbie as a kid is because I could vicariously, you know, live my life through this, this doll. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me, and I don't know. I it, it's just. I mean, it's the first time I knew I wanted boobs. 
It's the first time I knew I wanted boobs. I remember seeing my Barbie's boobs and being like, I want those. <laughs> right. Like I just love like, like the shape and the body and like and you like learned how to express yourself through like the clothes. Like there's like there, I think there were a lot of positives of Barbie. We live in a, a, a crazy world that that like we we think we understand, but nobody truly really understands. Mm-hmm. And sometimes being able to just have fun while we're trying to figure shit out mm-hmm. and uh, makes, you know. Well, they, they just don't tell it. us. They don't tell us anything about womanhood as a kid. Like, gr- like growing up, there's just no you you don't learn shit about being a woman. And so like I learned feel like I learned more from the Barbie movie and from my trans sisters than I learned at all growing up what being a woman was like, you know. I learned more about being a woman from drag than I did growing up, you know what I mean? Um cuz I feel like yeah. What's been what what's been your proudest moment of your career? Um my proudest moment of my career oh god um i know it's loaded <laughs> you know well there's so there's so many moments of my of my career i would say honestly because the world really was introduced to me from drag race and and i've always loved drag because it was like a portal to my future and uh, i've just always loved being able to express myself and uh, and see myself and be uh, celebrated for the feminine parts of me that usually would get picked on or I've been told to hide and stuff like that. And and when I did drag race and and it was like my intro to like the world, I didn't feel like my full potential was like really showcased and. I just felt kind of overlooked on season two in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. uh, there just wasn't enough about me for people to like really invest in who I am as a person. But I also mm. didn't really feel like <clears throat> I showed up as myself a hundred percent, but I was still on my journey to who that was. So to be able to come back and, and get to wear all my clothes and make it through the whole season and then to actually win, like I had no intentions. Like, I mean, obviously everybody on the show would love to win, but like I never got my sights set on like, I'm going to come and I'm going to sing and I'm going to take the money and I'm just going to be, you know, I never had like that thought because like when I did season two, I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to be sickening and I'm going to fucking win and I'm going to take this $20,000 and, and start my transition. And then that didn't happen. So then all my feelings got hurt. And then I was like, fuck, what do we do now? Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck do we do now to transition is super expensive, all of this. So I was like, okay, I learned from that. Don't have any expectations. Just go do the best you can do. Live in the moment at that moment. Don't get ahead of myself. Don't compare myself to anybody in the room. Like just really have a good time show up to work and have a good time and to make my experience be enjoyable not only for me but everyone around me the people that are working on the set to the girls that i'm in the room with um i don't need to be shady to be sickening um but i can definitely have fun and i think i just went in with a different mindset and uh and it allowed me to really enjoy 
the entire process. And I, and I felt like this was like the first time I, like I really got to experience drag race, uh, the way that it really is truly meant to experience it. And then to win on that was just like, what the fuck? Cause I had already felt like, cause I made it through all the episodes. I was like, well, I already feel like whatever happens at this point, it's just like, whatever, whoever they pick. Cause we mm-hmm. all made it to the end. We they've all crowned us, so to speak. <laughs> We've all filmed that. So they all think that they think that we're all eligible to win this show, obviously. Mm-hmm. So we all kind of won. Just somebody gets to go home with a bigger purse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I picked to do that. And because of that, like, um, it was a monumental moment for the show mm-hmm. and um, and for my career mm-hmm. and for uh, the community that mm-hmm. needed representation. There was just so many uh, great things. And I, and I think that was definitely something in my career that um, I'm extremely proud of because uh, I enjoyed the entire process. I mean, it was not easy. There was a lot of like just preparing for and the pandemic, not having any money and not really having as much resources as I would have liked to have. Mm -hmm. And there were books that I wore on the show that I didn't want to wear, but I had to wear because, you know, things just didn't happen like they were supposed to. And so I just had to make do with what I had. Um, but for the most part, I'm I'm glad that I made it through and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm really grateful that I won. It changed my entire life. And I always had this like feeling that, like that show was going to help me pay for my surgeries from back in season two. And guess what? Good. People can say what they want to about RuPaul, but she helped me be the person I am today. Like mm-hmm. I the transition fully the way that I wanted to, if I didn't get that opportunity again to come back. And, and mm-hmm. I'm just so grateful for for world of wonder and, mm-hmm. and all the people who've always been by my side, like even, you know, going home forth. And so I'm just really grateful for all of it. And I think it helped humble me in a lot of ways. Not that I think that I was needed to be humbled, but like, um, I, I think it, I learned a lot of really important uh, parts of life, and um, yeah, I think I think will I think will and the show evolved evolved with you evolved with the world. You know what I mean? It's like when we start when the show started until where it is now. Like it really has evolved and grown. Like we were saying, like about leveling up and like changing your frequency like I think the show did that you know what I mean and then and got to honor you like like such a full circle moment to go from like coming out as trans on the show to then being the first crown trans winner of all stars like that's such a that's such a full circle moment and then like uh me and Sasha Colby were roommates during the pandemic and you know and you know as soon as I came back home from filming the show I forgot you guys were roommates we were roommates for that year and uh, I was like girl you have you've got to do it like you've you've got to do it and Mm -hmm. 
I'm just so happy to, because her and I were like, there were only like maybe two or three trans people that were actually doing shows in Southern California, honestly. Mm-hmm. It was you too. It was you too. It was you too. It was definitely. And it was, I'm just so proud to see her. Cause I know like, you know, we, we are not from here. Mm-hmm. We are not from Southern California. We came here and we started from the bottom and we worked our way to the top in a lot of ways. And like, you know, people, they give you your accolades for, or whatever. So, oh, before you, social media. That helps Before social and media. Before social media. And then, you know, Sasha being a continental, like people respected that, but they still, we still had to like work our fucking ass off mm-hmm. in Southern California to get the respect and to see her get to do it. And her also win. I'm just so proud to see somebody who I call my sister be successful and she deserves it. And and I think there are so many, there's so many Queens who, you know, aren't even around anymore that I would have loved to have seen them get to be on Grace to showcase their talent. But, um, like hell, you know, uh, like Erica Andrews, I would have mm-hmm. loved to have seen her, um, she would she would have been she would have been amazing yeah Mm -hmm. but you know i mean there's a lot of older queens that aren't even trans that i would have loved to get to see them get to be on drag race and and get the world recognition that that we're getting because honestly like i wouldn't be the queen that i am today with a, a lot of these queens that like really you know, set the foundation for a lot of us to come, come in and, and make it look so effortless, you know, but we also help lay that foundation as well. Because, yeah, because you had like the men did that. I think like what a lot of young, like dry kids don't get is like back in the day, like you, we didn't have, you didn't have the internet. So like you had to go to the drag show, you had to hang out backstage. You had to like, you had to suck up like everything you could from these people um, to learn anything because you couldn't just like go on your phone and look how to do makeup. You would, you had to, you had to sit in the drag room and watch someone do their makeup. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And I think too, now that drag is just so accessible, I think it's lost a lot of its charm and mystique to it. Uh, that's what I miss about it. No. <laughs> I, I miss the I mystique. Miss, I miss the mystique too. Now you're seeing people perform in full out daylight with no stage, dodging fucking chicken fingers and mimosas. <laughs> and listen, that is good money. Don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on it. But if you've never seen a drag show and you go and watch the brunch show, you're not really seeing a real theater theatrical drag performance the way that it is meant to be seen the magic of it you know i like you don't really get to see a rhinestone sparkle the way you do when it's on a stage and you can't really appreciate that makeup the way that you do when you see it in you know a well-lit room that complements 
the mm-hmm. costume and the makeup and the hair and a good sound system where when that person is lip syncing, it looks like it's actually coming out of their mouth. That uh, to me that is, 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 is so magical. It's And if you don't get to see that and you just see a whole bunch of people dipping, you know, on the fucking floor in between tables and I'm not knocking that. That's fun. That's that's exciting. But like I can't we we wouldn't we were not doing that whenever I started doing drag. Mm-mm. Honestly, if I would have if I seen that today, if that was my introduction to drag today, I don't know if that'd be something that'd be like, oh, that's what I want to do. I would well, need to have seen it. Mm-hmm. My original thought of a drag brunch was the Miami Latrice Royale in the middle. You know. It, it, during the day, like those were like the drag brunches that I I had known of. I I, I mean, then th- those are fucking fierce. <laughs> like those are those are the ones. Yes, uh, intense, yeah, intense. intense. But like, no, I get what you're saying about. I think drag brunches have become way more mainstream. It is a way to be able to like hire more girls and pay them and bring you know bring people to your venue um during the day yeah. for brunch. But like. like having the introduction of dream girls and like i mean and obviously the main stage of drag race but like Mm -hmm. but dream girls like there was just something about that it being in a dark room on a tuesday night at night so you know everyone in there like is is pretty much a part of the community or came with a friend that's a part of the community and and like you were saying like i thought about that the other day like i remember watching some drag performances where like you couldn't tell me they weren't performing that song like you couldn't like mm-hmm. the the way like and now people I think are performing more for TikTok. They're performing more for like it, it's just different. It's so different than mm-hmm. ten years ago. For reaction too, and and like like I said, like I'm I'm not bashing any any no. of that. Love drag brunches. We it's evolved. <laughs> I think I think it helps stimulate the queer community. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know i but i will say like i had a lot more fun when drag was a lot more of a novelty versus like uh you know like a mcdonald's you know <laughs> <laughs> so good no it's so it's so true because um it just you said it like perfectly how did i mean i just have to ask how did you and miley become friends because i don't know this story oh Okay, so me and Miley, we first met, um, I met her, I think it was one of the finales, I think it was when, I think it was the season. That she was, I know that she was a fan from the beginning, like, I remember back in the day talking about Mystique, I remember when Drag Race first started, you either were like a celebrity that watched the show and you watched it because your makeup artist told you about it, or like you, you know, or you were like, it just wasn't as mainstream yeah. and like the only girls that were watching it were like pop stars and then like you know what i mean it mm-hmm. wasn't a, I, I remember having to like tell my girlfriends about it back home but i always knew miley yeah. there was like the miley cyruses there was like the um the osborne you know like the, there was like the the kelly osborne's watched it but like it wasn't like a mainstream girly kind of show back then yeah yeah i think um I think her photographer got her turned on to it because he was mm-hmm. always watching. She's like, what is that you're watching? What is that? Mm-hmm. This. Mm-hmm. And I, she, she got hooked and then she started watching all of them. 
And then she went to the finale where Violet was winning and Bianca was giving it up. And uh, she was in the audience. And I seen her there. And we smoked out back. And that was that. And then Laganja called me like a few months later. And I was living in Orlando at the time. And she's like, hey, Miley's doing the BMAs. And she, you know, she wants you to be a part of uh, the number that we're going to do. And I was like, oh my God, fuck yeah. And I had just moved to Orlando. And I was going to have to, initially, they wanted me to take like a month off to like prepare for this thing. Mm -hmm. So I was like telling the Parliament House, uh, I need a month off. <laughs> and they they okayed it but um anyway it ended up being like I less forgot than two weeks that. but i forgot you were in parliament house yeah i was there and um so i so i would see miley there and we just kind of clicked from from then on and i remember at the end of the after the vmas um we we're at like an after after party and she was, she took my phone and she's like, I'm gonna give you my number and you have to text me. And I was like, okay. And we just kind of were been texting throughout the years. And, um, I, and then I moved back to LA and we ended up being at, uh, Bianca's show together. And I text her, I was like, Hey girl, I heard you're here. And she's like, yeah, I'm in this row. And she was actually in a row right in front of me. And, uh, I look over and she's like waving at me like this. And I'm like, oh. and so um after the show was over with everyone had left and i was in the lobby and she runs up behind me she's like hey and i'm like oh my god and yeah it's just kind of you know we just mm. i don't know it just grew over the years and, and uh she asked me to do uh god what did she ask me to do she asked me to do that pride thing with her there's i mean we've we've had a lot of moments together and we just kind of always just text back and forth throughout the mm -hmm. years and she asked me to be her drag mama and she's like you know i want to say this in the the opening of my show and all of this but she's mm -hmm. like i can't say if it's not true and she's like we we know each other in real life and i want you to be my drag mom will you and i was like oh, i was like i was i've always felt like this kindred like connection with miley mm -hmm. from the moment i met her it's I was kind of like, I don't know, I couldn't always explain it. It was almost like this person, I, I know them from like a different life. Yeah. And yeah. Life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like you've known each other in a different lifetime for sure. Like, like, a, yeah. like twin flames, if you will. Yeah. So it's, it's been nice. And, um, I don't know. That's, and we just always keep in touch and I Love think she's a, a great human and i think she's super talented mm -hmm. and i, I was know, just being really i was just being cute. nosy and it's really cute to watch your guys's relationship evolve over the years and when she brought you out for yeah. that what was that in vegas or when she brought you out for the american woman moment like that was one of my favorite moments of you yeah. two together yeah we did so we were i did the pride special and then she's like i'm doing the i'm doing you know vegas it's going to be like the first show since covid but but in like a first live show and mm -hmm. i was gagged and she was like i want you to do it and we kept going back and forth about like what song we was going to do and then I, I think at the last minute she was like we're going to do american woman and, and um yeah we we kind of like ran through it but didn't really like, like a full on like 
what is going to happen. We just kind of like played it by ear, but had I love that. an idea and we just uh, did our thing on stage. And it was so much fun. And I, and I, I think her and I have like really good chemistry when we're on stage, you know, I fucking live for her. And the more and more I've to know her, the more I love her and the more I respect her. And uh, I'm just so happy to, to see, you know, the woman that she's evolved into as mm-hmm. well. Like she's really just uh, such a beautiful person. And mm-hmm. I'm so inspired by her. Yeah. No, she seems like the real deal. Um, like, you know, you just like see people and you're like, oh, I know we would get along. Like, she's one of those. Like, I just like know that we would get along because we like the same shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, so neat. Yeah, she's so neat. And she's super like that term down to earth, whatever that means. She's just, she just mm-hmm. keeps it fucking real. And I love that. And she's not somebody that I feel like I need to like, pretend to be somebody else around like I totally feel like relaxed and like I can be myself around her which is super important for a lot of people because I do see people like even with myself you know people get around you and you can just tell like there it's not a genuine energy mm-hmm. you know just yeah like, oh, you can like feel it in your body you could like feel it in your body yeah I've gotten way Are too like kissing, more your pers- kissing your ass yeah kissing your ass I was like, don't kiss my ass, honey. Isn't it weird? It's so weird how like one person, like four people could say the same sentence, but like the way that you perceive it from like, I have this, like, like I have this one girl, um, JC, JC, who I call my, who I call my drag daughter. And, um, she can compliment me all day. And I like, I take it sincerely. I know she's being real with me. Like, I'm not like annoyed by it. But then, like, someone else could tell me that same sentence and I'd be, like, grossed out or weirded out by it. It's just, like, certain people. Because you know that that person does know you and they're not bullshitting you. And this other person is giving you such a real compliment that only somebody that knows you could give you. You know what I mean? It's totally that. That's what it is. That's totally what it is. I've been noticing that lately. What's what's next for you? Like, what do you got going on? What are you excited about? What's next for Kylie? Oh God, there, there's this book deal that I've had for about two years and, <laughs> and, you know, they've been pushing me to do it. And I'm like, it just never seems to be the right time for it. But I think it's slowly approaching that mm-hmm. time. And, um, I think it's time for your book. I'm ready to read it. it. <laughs> it's, I think it's, I think it's time too. But like, every time I think I know what it's going to be about, whatever, I'm just like, is that what it's going to be? Is that what it's going to be? And I never try to rush anything. If if it you you know when the time is right, you just you just go with it. Um. So, so there's that. There's music. There's more acting, but like not everything. Like I got this part for this movie, and mm-hmm. I, we I haven't filmed it yet because now the whole the whole strike right now. Um. Yeah. So there's that. I'm gonna do a one woman show soon in new york i'm going to kind of like uh start it there and kind of like workshop it i love it i love a woman i love a one woman show and i don't i think you are one of those people that people don't suspect you to be like comedy and you are like you're really funny well thank you i 
I think I Delta think, said it. I like, think I think sometimes you, you look at a pretty blonde and you just assume that she's not going to be hilarious. Um, but you are. <laughs> yeah. I think if you get, for me, I, I don't, I don't give out my funny to everybody. Um, and I think it's more so like, you'll know, like if I'm comfortable around you, I'm more playful and you get to see that side of me. And, and I think too, the, the more comfortable I am with just showing up as myself, I'm able to like share that with the world. Um, mm. and I, I love, I love that i i'm getting to see like different layers of myself based mm -hmm. on like my confidence and i think being able to transition the way that i can feel comfortable in this crazy ass fucking world without causing any chaos with it i think i'm able to really uh show that side of me and people when they see me they don't they're not like necessarily looking at like a trans woman up here but just like an energy where they're like oh wow we're having fun like this is this is good like who is this girl like she's fun you know i like that and sometimes i'll me and stuff like that where i'm just like off the cuff mm -hmm. you know and i'm like oh okay like mm -hmm. who is that who's that girl like i like that girl like i love to see me like that because i know i'm having a good time and uh there's nothing more enjoyable to me than me to be able to know and see that I am having a good time. Mm -hmm. And like the nerves of like doing something new too that scares you. Like this podcast, terrifies it still terrifies me. Like I get butterflies before, and and that's why I'm doing it to like challenge myself and like do something yeah. that is out of my comfort zone. You know? Yeah, it's the, you have to just take those steps. The and every risk. Step will lead yeah. To lead you to, well, you're gonna want, to success and you're gonna walk in our upcoming marco marco fashion show which is so exciting in new york um i am i'm excited and, it's been since i'm trying to think when the last time i got to do it was it's been it's been a hot minute but i'm so excited because um marco marco i've always loved his stuff even before i knew it was actually him making the stuff i would see like pop singers like wear these outfits and i would try to get people to make replicas of it and then i moved to california and then i realized like marco is the one that's responsible for it some of these looks and um then he was like how come i've never had you walk in my show before i'm like i'm not sure but like i'm ready whenever you want me to and like i've done like three or four of the shows mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um and i just i'm so happy that he's at his 20 year anniversary Mm -hmm. and i'm so happy that he asked me to be a part of it and i get to do it in new york for new york fashion week i think that's so iconic it's gonna be um, so fun yeah. and we're we're um we're gonna get a guinness book world record for most attendees at a fashion show which is so exciting because i guess this venue that Shut they're yeah this venue that we're doing it at it's 5500 um person venue and so i guess that's like the biggest attendees at a fashion show during new york fashion week which is so oh, exciting wow. i know so we're gonna no, which pressure. Is, no pressure at all kylie you're gonna kill it um i remember like the first show you were in you 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 did that iconic you did like some gym gymnast move that like blew everyone away <laughs> i think i did like a front walkover but like that i think it was my first time doing it and now like when i look at it i was like oh i should have waited for willem to come back and i should have did that done it when 
Yeah. So I learned I, every time I see it, every time I see any of them, I'm like, okay, I love that. I love that I did that. I need to like, I'm like study what I'm doing. And so hopefully this time I can really evolve even more as a runway model. Um, and I'm just so ready to get back on the catwalk again and start my stuff. Why? Yeah, so, much so much fun. And I'm going to hit you up this week to come into the studio for a fitting for the fashion show. So you'll be getting a text from me. I'm but excited. Thank you so much for doing this. And you guys so oh, nice to you. me. I don't even think you've ever told me to shut up, Chanel, to be honest. This is probably like the nicest interview I've done thus far. <laughs> no, but I do have, I we've talked about this before. I do have the sh symbol on my finger tattooed. And then I have the Chanel symbol on my finger as well. So it's kind of like shut up, Chanel. Like, it's it is? like sh Chanel. No. <laughs> it's, like, it's politely asking you to be quiet. You are my polite sister. <laughs> You're the, you've always been so nice to me. You've never made me cry. You've never put gum in my hair. Like you really, uh, you've really just always been my nice sister. So, uh, <laughs> somebody put, does somebody put gum in your hair? Detox put gum the in my hair. Put, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I was like, the detox? Of course. Of course. And then maybe take hilarious. a, and then maybe take a picture. Without knowing that it was in my hair. Oh, God, wow. I could go on and on. Thank you for doing this. Love you too, gorgeous. No Love you. you. Now tell me to shut up one more time. Love. Just Tell me to shut up just for good, good <clears throat> luck. Shut the fuck up, Chanel. Or do you just want me to say, shut up, Chanel? <laughs> <laughs> Both are perfect. Both are way perfect. I love you so much. Okay, good. I love you too, Gorge. Bye-bye.